see new fresh blood and you know it's like when you're first up doing new things it's very daunting so it's good they did a great job good to encourage them. yeah we all know what it's like it's easy to sit back and critique and say no oh, that was fucked or that but you want to get a happy yourself and it's uh, it's not actually that hard um, that easy to do it takes a lot of time especially if you don't like doing public speaking and so great job guys well today as we're continuing on for um speaking on revival i really uh, asked the lord prayed about lord what do you want to speak because it's not really one of my topics um we more prophetic apostolic usually when you're talking about revival you will have a evangelist come in and teach on revival and then he stirs you all up to go out and to minister to people so i really just thought okay lord what what do you want me to add to this part of um of revival and uh, what i really feel is that what the lord is doing right now is personal revival um that's where it starts first is personal revival because i feel like across the body of christ we've got a bit flat anybody felt flat you know it's like just flat in our wall but and and to put that into context it's been a, a harder season anyone notice that it's been a little bit more difficult it's been a hard season like well, it's going to get better it's going to get but you know what god is a faithful god and one thing i do know is you keep going it will get better you will push through to that next level you will break through being now long enough on the journey and seeing what the lord has done i know that he is a good god and he is a faithful god but you've got to be faithful you know what i see so much happens now is that people just run you know it's like oh i'm sick of it here or i, I don't want to do so people just drop everything they're they're calling their positions people don't really seem to care anymore it's just more about running away and just leaving what their family leaving everything just to the house in the country well i'm telling you when you get to the house in the country you're bored after two weeks okay it's like the best place to be is where god's called you to be to follow your call to follow but what i found is that in the season we're in right now that you need to have a personal revival all of us come on all of us you know what a personal revival is it means that god revives you from your state of flatness come on he picks you up from that difficult season we have difficult seasons. come on he breathes new life revive is bringing you life he puts new life into you and then you go on to what i found when that happens you then go on to something greater come on there's something more but god always responds to how we respond to him let's pray father i thank you for your word this morning father i thank you for what you want to do father in this place today and father i thank you that each one of us will be revived today father personal revival that we can move on to the next thing that you have father to go higher to do more to draw closer to you everyone said amen, amen. so it says this in acts 3 thank you acts 3 verse 9 says this Therefore, repent and be converted, that your sins may be wiped away, and that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Now, when I read that, I always think they're talking about unsaved people. 
That was just my thought, you know. Repent, be converted, that your sins may be wiped away and times of refreshing would come from the Lord. But then when I read it in the Amplified, it says this. It says, so repent, which means change your mind and purpose. Turn around and return to God. Now, that can't be for new Christians, come on, because they don't know God. So you can't be saying, return to God. It says, return to God that your sins may be erased, blotted out, wiped clean, and that times of refreshing, which means of recovering from the effects of heat or reviving with fresh air, may come from the presence of the Lord. See, this is what comes when we draw into God's presence. When we have that time, you see, oh, what I see is a key thing in this scripture, that repentance is the key to times of refreshing. Come on, repenting God maybe for our slackness, repenting for our lack of faith, repenting for wanting to give up, repenting for not being as committed, repenting for allowing bad attitudes. I feel like our whole life, come on, you've got to have that time of repenting when you've got a stinking attitude. Come on, I'm actually reading a really good book at the moment by um, Jensen Franklin, and it's Love Like You've Never Been Hurt. It's a good book. I'm telling you, everyone should read it because reality is we get hurt and hurt is what causes people to walk away. Hurt's what causes people to shut down. But it's a great, great book. And realising that when you get hurt, you hard, we harden our heart or when people don't live up to our expectation. But it says, in here it says times of refreshing. Come on, times of refreshing. It's not just... One time, it talks about times of, of, of refreshing. So in the scripture, we see repentance is a key element into walking into times of refreshing. God always responds to our brokenness. Come on. He always responds when you're feeling hurt, when you're feeling disappointed, when you're feeling flat, when you're feeling like, God, I just am not excited about Church, I'm just not excited about you. I'm just not excited about my future. That's when we need times of refreshing. And the only place to get revived is by the Lord. Come on. Is when we get at his feet, when we fall at his feet, when we have that time of just pouring out. Come on, when you just got to make time to just sit before him, tell him. You know, I love David is the greatest example because he told God, I'm mad. Um, you know, I love when you read, read some of the Psalms. He says, God, they, they're going to kill me all day long. They're trying to kill me. They want to beat me up. And poor David. You know? But he, he poured everything out to the Lord. Come on. He poured everything out. And then he waited before the Lord and received that times of refreshing. So I feel the Lord is wanting for each of us. I know there's so much going on right now. The thing when you get to travel and visit lots of churches and do lots of things, you get to pick up what's happening a lot more in the spirit. Come on. Sometimes when you're just in your church and you're feeling like that or with your group of friends or your workplace or wherever you are, you can think, well, it must be here. Or we look over and think, wow, I just saw on Facebook they're having a great time over there. But come on, we all have to grow up and know that Facebook represents 3% of our life. 
Okay, so, and you, the golden rule of Facebook is we don't put all our bad stuff on Facebook. Well, we shouldn't, but people still do, okay? But the golden rule is you shouldn't. So we see a 3% of somebody's life or the highlight of a church's week, but they could have been through 10 times worse than what your church is going through or what your family's going through or whatever. But we look at that and become, well, I think there's something better. Come on, I want to move on to the next place. No, when you're feeling not content, when you're feeling like you need revive, the place to go is to fall at God's knees. Come on, come to fall at God's feet, to pour everything out. Allow that times of refreshing to come. God, allow everything. I mean, I, I want to tell you, this year is most probably I felt the most frustrated that I've ever felt. Come on, very frustrated. And you know what? I couldn't put it on any one thing. I couldn't put it on anything. I didn't know what was going on. I had no idea. I was asking the Lord. He wasn't telling me anything. And so the frustrate, but I understand that when you're feeling frustrated, it's usually just before the breakthrough. Come on. And that's where you have to just keep pushing in. Come on. That's where you've got to do what you know to do. Pray in tongues. Read the word. Come on. Read your prophetic words. Your prophetic words revive you. Come on. They bring times of refreshing because when you listen to your prophetic words, you can be thinking one thing, but if you listen to those words, it's like, hang on, there's nothing in there about moving to the country. Come on. There's nothing in there about moving to another church. Come on. There's nothing in there about doing this or doing... You, you see, you understand it and then you become... It brings that reviving inside of you. Come on. Then it brings a repentance. Sorry, God. It's just my stinking thinking. Come on. I'm just... Because we all... When it gets tough, the good thing is just... Well, no, it's not the good thing. But the thing when it gets tough, we all want to give up. Is there anyone here that when it's not tough, you don't want to give up. No, see, come on. <laughs> we all, come on, you have those moments. It doesn't matter how far up you are. It doesn't, and books are read and leaders are no great leaders on earth. Everybody goes through tough times. But that's what di- di- differentiates, I can't get that word out, between people, the leaders, come on, people who are God's champions, people who keep going, and no matter what, come on, we, that's what we've got to go and sit there with the Lord, come on, for times of refreshment in his presence. Lord, refresh me. No, no use going around telling everyone else, well, I've had it, I'm sick of it, I'm dirt. Because when you get in that state, everything irritates you. Come on, everything irritates you when you're in that state. When you're in a state of frustration, when you're in a place where just everything is an annoyance and it's like only one more little thing has to happen and you're annoyed. You're like, that's it, I've had it. But see, that's where you have to. See, I know enough and understanding, so I've been before the Lord, just pouring out, Lord, I don't understand this, what's happening, this change. I know one of the biggest things this year, God's changing a lot, he's doing a lot. God's always changing. You just have to go with it. I mean, it's wonderful when there's not a lot of change, but 
Always change is good when God changes things. It's great. So it's just getting before him. Come on, pouring out, Lord, I'm frustrated. I don't understand it. You know what? He hears everything. He says that when you seek him or when you go to that quiet place, he's there. But we're so emotionally led. Well, I don't feel an answer. I don't feel better. Or I didn't feel goosebumps. Or I didn't get a scripture that comes bouncing out at me. You know, a lot of the time we've been, we hear of people's testimonies. Well, I wait on the Lord. I did this. And then an angelic being come or, or this amazing sign come. And so we all judge our spiritual walk by that. Come on. We think, well, I've prayed. I'm here on my knees. I'm pouring everything out. And what do I get? Zilch. So then you start to think, well, maybe this life isn't meant for me. Come on, so all the doubts come in. Everything comes in and you start to question everything. Well, maybe I'm at the wrong church. Maybe I'm in the wrong relationship. Maybe I'm at the wrong job. Come on, so then you start to question everything. I love what Bishop Hammond says. He's always said, he says, don't do anything different unless you're divinely directed. Okay, so divinely direction is God confirming something like amazing that you could not possibly do it because you know that it's God calling you to do it. What I find is that so many times people make their decisions out of their emotions. Come on, their emotions, when you're feeling flat, come on, when you're feeling like you're not, right, when you're in that place, you're emotional when you're like that. Come on, when I was frustrated, I was emotional. Because I'm frustrated. I don't understand what's going on. Change is happening. I can't figure it out. But you know what? There's times I've learned you can't figure everything out of God. You just have to be content to get before him and pour your heart out. Give everything to him and say, God, I'm giving it to you. I need refreshing. I need reviving you. I've got it. And then you just got to keep going and knowing that once you've poured it out and you've given it to him, he's got it. Come on, he's got it. It just comes and just, Lord, okay, you've got it. But see, as the year has progressed, I understand it all. Come on. And I understand there's areas in my own life I need personal revival. Come on. You bet when you're dealing with people, when you're dealing with life, when you're living in this world, there's stuff constantly bombarding you. Want to go on to the next scripture? If, this is what I'm talking about. There's battle that goes on within us. It's in Galatians 5, verse 13, and says this, You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. Okay, we're called to be free. But do not use your freedom to indulge in the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love, for the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one commandment, love your neighbour as yourself. In other words, don't be self-centred. This is one of the biggest problems in the world today is self so hence selfies. Come on. Selfies are the biggest things. Self-focus, self, come on. Everything. It's just so unbelievable. <laughs> we were just on a flight. And there was a young couple. And we got upgraded, which was awesome. Always a good blessing of God when you get upgraded on a long-haul flight. And so there's this young couple in there. She was a certain, I'm not going to say, but a certain young, certain ethnic group, and he was another one. And so she, they're on this plane, 
in business, they're so young. Obviously, she's rich or they got rich parents, she had a massive rock. I'm telling you, for 30 minutes, she sat there taking selfies and recording and getting her hair right and, and doing all this stuff. 30 minutes, she missed the whole takeoff. If she's never been in business class and had a good seat, she missed the whole takeoff because she was so soft. And then they had a massive big fight. Like, it was pathetic, anyway. So, but it's just a whole, so, she was so self-absorbed, this girl. I'm thinking, I can see an engagement. I want to jump up and say, don't marry her. Don't marry her, please. Don't marry her. You're going to lose yourself. And the poor guy's trying to do everything to please her, everything he possibly could. But she's just more annoyed and, and more. And then he's just about sick inside because of he can't please her and can't get it right. And so he doesn't eat the whole flight. This is my entertainment, though. <laughs> I love observing human behaviour. But I'm thinking, so self-absorbed, come on, self-centred, that's how the world is. And this is how we have to separate ourselves. It's hard not to. Why does the world want to be? Because you understand the more the devil is ruling and reigning, what was he about? Self-centredness. Come on. He had the best job. He was the best worship leader. They said that he was the most beautiful of all the angels, but it wasn't enough for him. Come on. He wanted to be everything about him. Come on. He wanted to be number one. And then it goes on and says this. So I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. This is important why we have to continually live by the Spirit. Come on, be refreshed. Be filled up with the Spirit. Have that time with the Lord. Times of refreshing. When you read the Word, it brings times of refreshing. Come on, when you come to church, it brings times of refreshing. When you worship corporately, it brings times of refreshing. When you listen to your prophetic words, it brings times of refreshing. They are, in, they are in conflict with each other so that you are not uh, you are not to do whatever you want, but if you're led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. It says this, verse 9, The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, bits of rage, selfish ambition, Fractions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that you do not live like this, as you will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit, listen to this, is love, joy, peace, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. See, this is the battle, crucifying the flesh, the constant battle that goes on inside of you. And this will determine how you're feeling, where you're at, because if you're living constantly by the flesh, come on, you just sink further down and further down and further down. Because if I read some of that first part, there's some horrible things in there, but there's things, bits of rain. Selfishness, come on. If you've got any of those things, come on, that are highlighted in your life, you're living by the flesh and not by the spirit. And so the battle is continual. 
See, when the flesh is ruling, it will always question, did God say, are you supposed to be there? Did you marry the right person? Come on, should you have taken that job? Should you go to that church? Should you be involved? Come on, that's what the flesh will continually do. The spirit will always be like, yeah, come on, let's do it. Come on, let's do it. The flesh has the traits of the anger and all those things, but I love it how it's read. I'm going to read it from the message Bible. I'm not sure that's what they might have had up there. It says this, it is obvious what kind of life develops out of trying to get your own way all the time. Okay, so if you're someone who wants your own way all the time, this is what happens. <laughs> Repetitiveness, lovelessness, cheap sex, a stinking accumulation of mental and emotional garbage, frenzied and joyous grabs for happiness. Trinket gods, magic show, religion, loneliness, cutthroat competition, all-consuming yet never satisfied, a brutal temper, an impotence to love or to be loved, divided homes, divided lives, small mind, and lopsided pursuits, the vicious habit of making everyone in a rival, uncontrolled and uncontrollable addictions. I could go on. This isn't the first time I've warned you. You know that if you use your freedom this way, you will not inherit God's kingdom. Come on, it's pretty clear. We've been given freedom. When we know Christ, we've been given. And that's what I feel like something you have to always remember. I think when I shared here last time, I shared the song about the cost of the alabaster bulb. Come on, the oil. Always remembering what God has saved you from. Come on, what he has done. The incredible price that Jesus paid for us. It says this, but what happens when we live God's way? Listen to this. He brings gifts into our lives. Much the same way that fruit appears in an orchard. Things like affection for others. Sincerity, we develop a willingness to stick with things. Come on, this is what happens when you have the fruits of God in your life. A willingness to stick to things. Come on, not here. I found that such a key. When someone's flowing in the fruit of the Spirit, come on, when someone's walking by the Spirit and not rule, but see the flesh continually, like I said, will want you to question what you're doing. Oh, you should just give up. Don't keep going. Don't keep doing. But when we live by the Spirit, come on, the Holy Spirit enables us to keep going. Come on, He enables us to to stay in a difficult time because when we're living by Spirit, Jesus told us, he said, when you go through the fire, when you go through the floods, he never promised us that it would be easy. He said there would be challenges. And if you want to grow in God, come on, if you want to reach everything that God's called you to do, then you're going to have to have some battles. You're going to have to have some fights. Come on, you're going to have to go through some stuff. If you want to see breakthrough, come on, in your family, in your marriage, in your life. You're going to have to be laid down your life. Come on, you're going to have to go through some stuff. You've got to do it. Okay, well, what's my part? Often in marriage, it's all about, well, he did this, she did this. Well, you can go on and say that forever, but somebody's got to be willing to say, I'm going to lay down my life. Come on, it's not about me. And see, understanding, when you understand the spiritual aspect, it's a generational thing. You're laying down your life for your children's children. Come on, Jesus paid a price for us 
for the generations to come. Now when we pay a price, we're paying it for the generations to come. Is there a willingness to stick with things? A sense of compassion in the heart and a conviction of conviction that's a basic holiness permeates things and people. Come on, when you live by the Spirit, there's a permeation of the Holy Spirit. Come on, there's there's something that comes out of your life that touches other people's lives. Come on, they want to be around you. They want to have, when you're living by the flesh, no one wants to be around you. Come on, when you're like that, you'll attract like mind, like people. But you know when someone's living by the Spirit. Come on, when they've got, doesn't mean they're perfect, but when they've got God as number one, you want to be around those people. Come on, you want to... Be hang around with them when you're in their presence, when you meet with them, whether it's just for a coffee, whether it's just talking. Come on, you feel lifted up. Yeah, and that's what we're all supposed to do is to give life. God wants us to give life to people. But I think when most of people are looking at the church, they're looking at life and thinking, why would I want to be like you? Come on, that's true. That's what they're looking at. What have you got to offer me? What can you say that's going to be better than what I've got now? But see, when you really begin to walk in the Spirit, when you begin to allow God's Spirit to fall, people will want to be around you. Come on, people want to know, how come your marriage is so good? How come your kids are so good? Come on, how come you're so successful? How come you get blessed? Come on, they want to know those things. And if we have life to give to people every day. There's circumstances. Come on, when you're living by the by the flesh, you miss that. It's all about me. Well, I've got to get to this appointment. I've got to get the washing up. I've got to do this. I haven't got time to visit that person. I haven't got time to listen to them. I haven't got time to stop. When you're living by the flesh, you'll never, ever have enough time. Come on, you're always exhausted. You're always flat. But when you live by the Spirit. Come on. God pumps you up. He shows you opportunities. He gives you ways. He opens doors for you. We. This is the rest of this in the number. It says we find ourselves involved in a loyal commitments. Come on, when you're living by the Spirit, we find ourselves involved in loyal commitments. Why do you have yourself on? Because you get around like-minded, like-spirited people. But the other thing is, what I see is that the key thing is, when you're living by the Spirit, you become a loyal, committed person. Come on, you're like that. So therefore, when you're like that, you'll have loyal, committed relationships. When you're committed, see a lot of people are saying, well, I don't have any friends. No one talks to me. I don't at all. <laughs> and it's like, well, you've got to be a friend. Come on, you've got to be a friend. If you've got no friends, then, well, I love what Sophie says. Well, what if they reject me? Well, ask someone else. Not everyone's going to reject you. You just got to keep putting yourself out there. Someone will say no, but someone will go to lunch with you eventually. And then if you say, I'll pay or I'm cooking, they'll definitely go. Because that's our culture. I mean, it's been great. We've had lunches here. But you know, when I grew up in church, we were always encouraged to have people for lunch every Sunday. 
That's what we're encouraged to do. If we didn't have, for regular hours, we had people for dinner Friday nights, and we had people for lunch on Sundays. If we weren't going to Sunday, that's what, and what we do, we cultivate a good, you can be at church every Sunday, sit next to someone, say hello to them, be around, and never get, you have a meal with them, and then it's all of a sudden your buddies. Come on, you know each other. It's the most intimate thing. Jesus broke bread with his disciples. If you're lonely and need friends, then invite people. Have a copy. Ask someone out. If someone says no, then it's okay. Ask someone else. Eventually someone will say yes. But don't take it to heart. Just say, God, I'm getting out there. I'm going to invite people over. I'm going to get up. I'm going to be a friend. Come on, I'm going to love people. Then we find ourselves involved in loyal commitments. Why? Because we're loyal. We, we want to belong. We're not just being the victim. Come on. When, you live, when you're always the victim, you're living by the flesh. That's it. Sorry. No. There's no other way. When you're always the victim, you're living by the flesh. Because we cannot have victim mentality forever when you live by the Spirit. Because suddenly, come on, you're right, and I believe that's what the Lord is doing right now. He's reviving each and every one of us. Come on. And the only way to be revived is our relationship with God. Come on. Getting with Him face to face, heart to heart, pouring out before Him. Doesn't matter if you don't feel anything, anything, no, you're there, you're saying, God, I'm frustrated, I'm mad, things aren't working out, I'm giving it all to you, now, Lord, I'm going to keep going, I believe that you're with me, come on, you're with me, and I love, God just gave Greg some revelation just recently about man plans his ways, but God orders our footsteps, and what he saw in that is that it's important that we plan. Come on, you need to plan. You need to because sometimes we're so religious and so over spiritual that we're waiting for God to give us ten doors that open. We want twenty signs. Come on, we're waiting for something to happen. But God says, "I want you to do something." Come on, so we can plan. Well, this feels good. Get around council. This feels great. I'm going to step out. And God, if it's you, then you're going to order it. If it's not, you're ordering my footsteps. Not together. Come on. You still have to make plans. Come on. You've got to get out and do something. You can't just sit waiting for God to do everything. There's so much good from living God's way. But I believe this. One of the keys to Bible is that the Bible says, you know the truth and the truth will set you free. So God gave me a little bit more light on this scripture about knowing the truth, okay? So it was like when we first started exercising, Greg, he's an exercise maniac. He loves to exercise, jogs, 16Ks, he's into it. He'll get up, rain, hail or shy, he does it. I'm like a bit more motivation. But in the beginning, I'm no motivation. Don't want to exercise, got no time to exercise, don't want to do it, but he made me do it. I complained the whole way. <laughs> Come on, the whole way. Oh, my feet hurt. It's so hard. It's so hot. I complained the whole way. He's like, it's okay. It's doing you good. It's doing you good. Come on, you need to get moved. And I, I just get mad at him because I didn't want to do it. And I don't want you to tell me what I should be doing because I don't want to do it. And you're dragging me out here and I don't want to do it. Come on. That's how it is with God sometimes, isn't it? You're dragging me out. You put me here. I don't want to do it. I'm going to do it. But. I got some revelation on exercise. 
how good it is for you, for your heart, for aging, for your skin, for your nails, for every part. I read articles on how good exercise is for you. So it set me free. So now I don't complain, I go and exercise. But see, when I didn't know the truth of the benefits, he's just telling me something. I'm like complaining and don't want to do it. And see, that's why I believe the Bible says you know the truth and it sets you free. What that means is anything you don't understand, you need to study it out. Come on. You need to study it out. If you've got a heart issue, if you're feeling distant from God, if you've got sin in your life, whatever it is, I can preach, Brad can preach, Pastor Thomas can preach, any one of us can preach, but you're just hearing it until you know the truth. Come on. Until you get some of us need to know the truth that we're saved. Come on, some of us, we need to get right back to the very basics. Come on. It's just, well, church seems a nice thing because all my friends go and they're blessed because they go and I can see what it's done in their life and you feel guilty when you don't go and then you live your life by the flesh and you're sinning and everything's going wrong in your life and you get to the end of yourself. You know, I've got to go back to church because the people at church, my friends are living good and their life's good. But that's never, you're going to keep going on that roller coaster of life continually come on because you don't know the truth you don't know why you're saved come on you don't know the benefits of being saved you're just looking at someone else's life so you've got to know the truth you've got to know i need personal revival come on i need the refreshing of god come on i need him in my life if i'm to do all that i'm called to do i need him i can't do it on my own i can't not have that time with him i can't not have that refreshing because every time that I don't have that, I begin to live. It's just a natural process. You begin to live more by the flesh. Come on, and your attitude will tell you how you're living. Just read that scripture. If you're living more by the flesh or more by the spirit, if you've got those areas in your life, come on, you need to kill some of the flesh. Living by the spirit, you just feel alive. Now, I'm not talking about that we're spooky spiritual and we're walking around, ooh, Come on. <laughs> and every minute, oh, the Lord just said, oh, oh we've got to live natural, normal lives. That when we walk somewhere, we were out, shouldn't we have our three grandsons for a week? Oh, a couple of days, I don't know, whatever. We had them overnight, must have don't ever hear, let them hear that. <laughs> so we had them and we were, we went, we went off, um, we had a lot of things to do with Carindale. And we, we're coming out of the money changes and there's a lady sitting on the seat of the cafe and she looked at me, it's so packed, Saturday morning at Carindale, and she's like, can you please give me a drink of water? She goes, I'm really, I'm like, are you unwell? She said, yeah, I'm feeling really, really sick. And, and so anyway, so I went to get the water and Greg stayed with him. So he prayed with her, which I didn't know that. But I come back and I gave her the water and I just began to talk to her and say, are you okay? And she said, no, I'm just, you know, I'm really having trouble. And I just think I had, and I said to her, the Lord said to me, tell her she's not going to die. She's only late 20s. And so I said to her, the Lord's just told me to tell you, you're not going to die. And she, she just, such a relief to her. She said, my heart started, I, I just gave up smoking three days ago and my heart was racing and popping and a little grandson, Jamison, standing there. This is all playing out in front of the three boys. And he's like, he's six. He says, 
you shouldn't smoke, it's very bad for you. Yes, <laughs> Jemison. Okay, and she goes, yes, I know it is very bad for you. So we're playing out this whole, if this thing's happening, and he's just horrified, well, you shouldn't smoke. I love it, the truth. See, he knows the truth. You shouldn't smoke, it's bad for you. And so she agreed and everything, and so I said, you know what, I said, you are not going to die. And she said, well, yeah, my heart's done. And she said, just, then I had like an anxiety attack, because I felt like I'm dying. My heart thought I was going to have a heart attack right here. And she got the anxiety, and I just said to her, you know what? This place is packed. You could have stopped anybody at this shopping center, but you stopped us. And I said, I know God. This is what we do for a living. We, we listen. We hear the voice of God. We're, we're men. I'm not going to big deal, but I said, I know he told you. It just brought such relief to her. You know, she, she was crying, sitting there crying. I said, you're not going to die. I said, God used us today to tell you that message. So you need to come on. That's life-giving. When you live by the Spirit, come on, there's something different. And then what happened is we walk up and then we go to get the boys a drink. They're kind of, Houston's cool. He's 11, so he's kind of just standing there sort of. Um, Jamison and BJ are asking us 50 questions, everything. They're just totally blown away by what's just happened. And so we're answering the questions and just, just listens. And so then we go up and the boys want to drink water. We're going into Woolies to get some men. The girls there has got like a sausage sizzle and some water. So I buy them a bottle of water each. And then the girl says, oh, because uh, you bought the water, you get a free ticket into this car. And Jamie's like, wow, Nana, you are blessed because we helped that lady. God's blessing you now. And so then we go to go up and the girl comes over and goes, says, oh, here's another ticket. This lady said to give her ticket to you. And I'm like, oh, wow. There's an... So Jamie's just totally blown away. And then I said, you know what? The car's parked there in Moors. going, wow, wouldn't that be awesome if we just happened to get that car? Wouldn't that be such a God story? If we don't, it doesn't matter. But anyway, the boys were just totally right. And Jamie, I said to Jamie, I'll take you for the first flight in the car. So we go off and do our shopping. And then we're walking out of, out of Woolies and a lady comes up with a big wad of those sticker stamps and says, oh, are you collecting? Of course the boys are. And Jamie's like, wow, Nana, you are just so blessed. So then he goes home, he's telling his mum and dad, they were kind of driving, he's right up the back of the car because they've got to sit up the back, and he's going on about how blessed Nana is. And I said to Cindy, and she said, that's not the language he uses, he doesn't say that. Anyway, so this is, come on, when you're life-giving, this is why God, people will be drawn to you. Come on, they will pick you out. And it's just such a rewarding way to live our life. But you've got to be revoked. Come on, I've shared many times about Peter. Peter went through the difficult time in his life where he stood up and he said to Jesus, I'll never deny you. Jesus said, someone's it, I'll never do it. He confesses his love to Jesus. He tells him, you know, I'll never, ever leave you. I'll never forsake you. And then we know he does. Okay, so what happens is he then is a hit rock bottom. But what happens is Jesus comes. I love how they say that. I'm going to finish this in the application Bible, John 21. Verse 15, you guys don't have this. It says this, In the beach scene, Jesus led Peter through an experience that will remove the cloud of his denial. Peter had denied Jesus three times. Three times Jesus asked Peter if he loved him. When Peter answered yes, Jesus told him to feed his sheep. 
If it is one thing to say you love Jesus, but the real test is if you're willing to serve him. Peter had repented, and here Jesus was asking him to commit his life. Peter's life changed when he finally realised who Jesus was. His occupation changed from a fisherman to evangelist. His identity changed from a liar, a cheat, to a rock. And his relationship to Jesus changed. He was forgiven and he finally understood the significance of Jesus' word about the death and the resurrection. I have found that personal repentance is a necessary part of my personal revival. As I'm growing in God, there are always new mindsets. He's wanting me to walk in as I'm growing. And then we know what goes on from then, that Peter is revived, he goes on and he never looks back. So this is what I'm talking about, personal revival. Come on, we all need it. We've all got to have Jesus was he's the most committed, the most loyal. But when it comes to the crunch, he couldn't do it. But what did Jesus do? He comes back, he revives him, he restores him. Do you know what's interesting? Peter went back to being a fisherman. So in actual fact, he did what we all want to do. He ran away and went back to what he knows. He walked with Jesus. He saw all the miracles. He did everything, but because he lost face, come on, he said, I'll never deny you. But see, what I believe is he knew about Jesus. You know the truth, and it will set you free. He didn't really have, he was caught up, I think, in everything. Jesus doing the miracles, he was caught up in the man, but he needed a personal revival. But the personal revival come what? From rejection, from being shamed, come on. It came from him being, because he was like, I'll never do that. He was a big shot. Imagine he was a big shot. I'm this, I'll never do this, I'll never, I'm the greatest, Jesus loves me the best. Come on, all words. But then when it came to the crunch, he couldn't do it. But see, what God did in that whole scenario as well is was that he wasn't filled with the Holy Spirit. And then when he became filled with the Holy Spirit, he's able to stand up and he's able to take on the highest authorities in land. He now has a strength that he never has. We will never do it without the Holy Spirit. Come on. Jesus said, I leave you the helper. I leave you the Holy Spirit. That's what's called by living by the Spirit. We are filled. When you get filled with the Holy Spirit, you've got to walk by the Holy Spirit. Come on. He's the helper. He will tell you all things. He will help you do all things. Come on. He helps you. He convicts you. He tells you when you're not walking right. Let's stand this morning. But you know what? You've got to get this. Know the truth. Whatever you're struggling in, whatever area, come on, if you're struggling about knowing God, if you're struggling with your heart, if you're struggling, study it out. Read everything. We are so blessed now. All you've got to do is put the word in the concordance heart and it'll bring up every reference to heart. Bring, put in sin and it'll bring up every revival. It'll bring up everything. But you've got to know the truth. Come on, you have to know. We're not just saved to we're saved so we're not going to hell. You're saved for a purpose. You're saved to live a life of purpose. Not to live a life of the flesh, not to live a worldly way. God saved you for a purpose. And yes, 
when you've lived a certain way or you've come out of a certain family or you've come out of abuse or whatever, you're going to have to fight. If you've come out of rejection, come on, if you've come out of always, you're going to have to fight those feelings. Come on, you're going to have to fight until they're no longer there, until you suddenly realize, no, I'm not rejected. Come on, Jesus paid that price. I am loved. It doesn't matter if every person rejects me. God has not rejected it. He loves me. Come on. You've got to begin to transform your mind. That's what personal revival is, transforming our mind, pushing in. Lord, it's not working. I'm frightened. Come on. Whatever's going on in your life, just getting at his feet because too often we resort to fleshly things. Come on. We react in fleshly mode. We we do it this way. Well, they hurt me. I'm going to hurt them. Or I'm not going to be committed because they don't recognize me or whatever it is. But I feel now, come on, right across, God is reviving. He wants to set a fire inside of you. Come on, a fire that will never go. Not that you're living this way and then Monday and Tuesday you can live off Sunday's worship and be okay. But Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, you're back down, you're sinning or you're having the same thoughts or you're, come on, that's how it should be. We should be just going from strength to strength, the glory to glory. Come on, moving in God. But you will never do it if you're living by the flesh. Galatians, come on, even in that, just read it, understand it. There's a war that goes on inside of you continually, continually. I know, I consent when I start thinking wrong. Okay, too much flesh. Come on, too much flesh, too much time, not in the... See, but when you build the spirit more in your life, it becomes easy just to be in his presence. And sometimes it's like... For me, it's just sitting there. Okay, God, I'm here. I am. And sometimes it's saying nothing. Just, Lord, I love you. I'm here. Lord, I'm just, I always repent. I say, Lord, I forgive me what I've done knowingly and unknowingly. Because we sometimes we do things unknowingly. It's a, I love it's like having a shower every day, getting clean. I'm covering all my bases. I repent. Every day, Lord, forgive me of my sins. And then just coming from that place. When I'm feeling overwhelmed or frustrated, I find it's important first to just get all that out. Just get it all out. You know, that's what I shared about David and Ziglake. He dealt with his emotions. He cried till he could cry. Get it all out. I'm frustrated and then... Come on, strengthen yourself. Love him. You don't have to feel anything God says. When we, come on, even right now, close your eyes and talk to him. He's here. He hears you. He's not dead. He hears us. He loves you. He's with you. I feel what he's doing right across. The church, we are not a good, I'm not saying all of it at the moment, we're not a good representation as a whole of, of him. Come on, we're not walking in the signs, wonders, and miracles. Or some of us can't even get over stuff in our own life. Come on, he's called you to be a conqueror. you just got to start dealing with stuff bit by bit by bit by bit. Come on, just this, what's the major deal with that? Lord, I want to live by the Spirit. And the Spirit helps you. So I feel like before God's going to bring revival in the world, he's reviving us. Come on, he's reviving you and I. 
been a time. It's been a difficult, it's been a hard time, but I believe now God's, as we're turning back to him, come on, as we're putting our focus back on him, not on the stuff, and saying, Lord, I know you're a good, good father. I know. See, the thing about God, he is a proven, trusted God. It's not just a nice little fairy tale that we've come up with the last five years. He's a proven, trusted God over centuries. Come on, thousands of years. He's proven. People have tried to disprove him and they can't. But we have to get out of the mindset of this quick fix. Quick fix. Well, I last week I fasted for three days and I went to the prayer meeting and it's been a whole month now and God's done nothing, so that's it. No, 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 no. Come on, it's a lie. It's a life that we live, that we walk by the Spirit, that we're available to God, that we're getting rid of our fleshly desires, that we're not complainers, that we're not putting people. When you start to live by the Spirit, it just becomes so much easier. I've got a um, clip that I want the guys to play. We've got that. It's um, Jesus Culture Set a Fire down in 